it's it's working oh my gosh yay welcome to confidential podcast kate hollowell oh my god i'm honored honestly um I'm gonna, I'm, I am gonna have you on for like a full episode, but what I'm doing during times of coronavirus is I'm like, just no strategy, no rules, reaching out to as many people as I can to sort of do um, a little touch base on how everyone's handling the worldwide pandemic. Great. So you want to know how I'm handling it? Horribly. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, kidding. No, I mean, uh, hello, look around. Um, yeah, how are you doing? I mean, listen, you've been inspiring me. I'm loving your meditation game. God bless you. Um, I feel like I'm trying to practice radical acceptance, which I feel like you and I have talked about. Um, I feel like I've I've gone through like the different stages of grief where, uh, you know, denial... <laughs> that <laughs> that we I was like oh in two weeks it's gonna be fine um and then and then anger and then um now I've just I'm in full acceptance mode and if anything I feel like actually I'm feeling really good lately I think it's I think it's a a great time to manifest stuff and like kind of double down on your authenticity and who you are as a person and to kind of let go of I think it's 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 going to be interesting to see how as a collective we come out of this yeah because i think people are realizing that their their jobs that they didn't even really like but stayed because they were safe are actually not that safe and yeah. so i think a lot of people if they're willing to do the work are going to be like oh fuck i um I actually fucking hate being an accountant and i'm like super into ceramics yeah <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I hope that that's a story on this podcast. I hope that's a story on this podcast as well. I don't know any accountants except for mine. Although Mary Tondon would make an amazing podcast guest, I feel. Wow. Um, Yeah, she's a wonderful accountant, but I don't think she's into ceramics. I think she loves her job. Okay. Well, some people are super into accounting and there's obviously nothing wrong with that. Well, there. I mean, we need that. We can't just have the whole world. We can't come out of this with the entire world being artists. Yeah. No, 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 definitely not. I mean, I hope that someone that maybe was working in an accounting firm, let's say, and they weren't, they didn't (laughs) like their, their boss starts their own practice. Let's say that we can rephrase it like that. Yeah. But I I do think, I do think it'll be interesting to see how, you know, you can kind of, you can practice radical acceptance and then just kind of, um, I mean, listen, I'm not going to shame anybody for binge watching Netflix because I do it too, but I think it's a time where it's kind of cool that there's no pressure to do anything in a sense. And so finding, finding a way to use that time in a, to get in touch with some stuff. And honestly, I mean, I feel like a lot of, of, uh, of like skeletons are coming out of the closet, like, cause you're, you're kind of alone with yourself and you're being forced to, uh, look at, I don't, yeah, I think a lot of myself included, I think that like, I'm looking at patterns I've had, um, just, just like where I'm stuck because you can't, you can't avoid yourself in this quarantine. Yeah. You know, well, I like that. I mean, I think you're definitely doing a lot of that work. I mean, we were going to do a safe social distance walk the other day and you rescheduled because you were like deep in some manifestation inner like reparenting stuff. 
Totally. I, mean, I think that's beautiful. I mean, I'm definitely not saying I've figured it out because I don't think I have um, at all, but I think I'm, uh, I think I'm trying to un- uncover all these layers that I've built up inside myself. And I, you know, I always talk about Lacey Phillips. I love Lacey Phillips. I love mm-hmm. the holistic psychologist. I love, I'm so LA now that um, that's all I talk about is manifestation. But I do feel like, you could, sorry, I just had to, Sam left the microwave open. Um, I do feel like there is an opportunity to kind of uh, create a a new, a a new future for yourself and that this is a scary time, but I actually think it can be a really beautiful time to get in touch with some stuff, work through the hard stuff and come out of it a stronger person and to, you know, I don't know, just kind of fulfill what your soul purpose is on, on this planet. I know that sounds like so hippie woo woo, but I don't even give a shit anymore. I'm like, it's, I feel like this is a time to just double down on your authenticity and be like, okay, you know what? I don't like realize I, oh, I don't give a fuck about this, but this is, I don't know. You can just kind of, you, you can take this quarantine to just I don't know, just get really deep with yourself and in touch with a whole, a whole new level. Like, I think it's like a great opportunity to up level actually. Yeah. Like I think people obviously are stressed about finances. Everyone's suffering. Like everywhere you look people, everyone I know has gotten either let go or, um, my one friend I talked to yesterday, got a 40% salary cut and had to let, I know too many percentage points. And she had to let go of like a ton of her team, which is really hard. I have that friends, that, hard. friends that have small businesses that are shutting down mm-hmm. um, indefinitely. So it's a scary, scary time um, that happened so suddenly. But I also feel like um, it's a great opportunity for all of us to kind of reset and look at what our priorities are and... Um, I don't know. And get deeper with friendships too. I think yeah, connecting with people on a deeper level, even if it's not in person, if it's, I know. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I like what you said about the pressure because um, there is no pressure to do anything right now, but I think a lot of people are feeling pressure and that's just a really clear uh, way for people to see that that pressure comes from within. And generally, a lot of while there is such a thing as external pressure, a lot of the pressure that we put on ourselves, we put on ourselves and it comes from within you. And so mm-hmm. as of this moment, there is no ex, there is no external pressure mm-hmm. to do anything outside of, of course, people who are struggling financially, mm-hmm. people who are um, not, who are vulnerable, who are not safe at home at, outside of those extreme circumstances, which unfortunately like aren't that extreme. They're pretty common. Right. Um, you know, anything that you, any pressure that an artist feels to create something that is coming from within anything that's not essential that that you feel pressured to do, it's coming from within. And so you have the control as to whether or not you put that pressure on yourself. Totally. And I think it, it is kind of, I, I, I sometimes feel it too, where I'm like, oh, I should be, I should be making, I should be doing a comedy video right now. Or, um, I need, I need to start like painting and then posting like my paintings. And I'm like, what am I, you know, it's like, why don't I just go 
draw and have zero pressure or expectation externally. Or I think it's, it's, it's hard not to try and do things. It's like, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. We're putting the pressure on ourselves. Um, and when there's almost, it's almost worse when there's too much time, right? Like sometimes some days I'm like, Oh my God, it's five o'clock. Like, what did I do? I have no idea. I didn't Um, even brush my teeth. My best friend is working from home for the first time in her life. And she had a really slow day the other day. And she said that she had only like three things to do and it took her all day to do them. And I was like, bitch, welcome to working from home. That's exactly how it goes. If you don't have a huge list of things to do, like you'll do 18 tasks in four hours and you'll do three tasks in eight hours. It's insane. Yeah. You'll just drag it out. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like to meet a friend for a six foot distance, safe outside walk it's like that could be the thing that you do that day. Oh like, yeah. That's like the the peak. You're like and you're preparing for it in the morning and then afterwards you're like, okay, I did something and it's like on a normal day in LA um or anywhere, you go for a walk with your friend, it's kind of just an added thing. You did a bunch of work, you went you did this, yeah. you went you went to yoga, you went to lunch and then you went on a walk, but now it's like we're forced to really um be grateful for those little things, but they also are really easy. It's really easy to just have that be the only thing you do. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've gone on like eight mile hikes, which is an insane thing to say. You and I walked seven miles the other day. We did. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It was crazy. I checked my phone and I was like, oh, that seven miles went by really quickly because you're just the whole time. I mean, I think this is a great great time for people to I also feel like it's been really hard for me to exercise at home because you're just at home all day so the last thing you want to do is like start being intense in your house yeah. yeah um so I think a great alternative is walking with friends reconnecting that way um I don't know if it's safe they say it's okay if you're outside and you keep a distance but it mm-hmm. still obviously feels um like a, like you're being a little naughty <laughs> By meeting, it up does with feel a friend. like you're. I mean, I'll I'll admit that I'm I'm being a little naughty. I mean, as right now, I'm in the desert at an undisclosed location. Ooh. I won't say where I am or who I'm with, but I can say that I just am with Brad Pitt. I, I you know what? I'll just say it. I am with Brad Pitt. I knew it. Brad and I drove out here on Tuesday. I haven't gone Cute. to any. I haven't gone to. It's cute. We're both sober. It's great. Um, we're bonding. We're meditating a lot. I cut his hair for him. Check it out. And the next time he's paparazzi um, on his balcony. Love that. Um, we, uh, so I haven't gone to, I haven't left the house since we've been here. And so I haven't gone to any grocery stores or used the local resources or anything. Just came here with my one friend leaving tonight. I do still have two friends that I am very carefully seeing regularly, but Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm very cautious about who they're seeing. We're not, we're hanging out within six distance, six feet distance from each other, but like not really touching and, you know, we're being, we're being very careful, but it's does feel naughty. (laughs) like i let me fucking tell you not naughty enough all right i know i'm very restless yeah yeah no i know i mean i'm it's tough because i have a lot of friends that are single right now who um you know during the first two weeks of quarantine were 
you know, FaceTiming and doing digital dates. Yeah. And then, you know, they're talking every night, they're finally like, okay, can we meet up? We've both been quarantined. Like, is this safe? Is this okay? Um, and they're, you know, they're, it's, it's like everyone just has to use their best judgment, whether it's right or not, yeah. like, not for me to really say, but like, I do think it's a tricky time because, uh, yeah, everyone feels restless. I want to, yeah, well, I think it's hard too because what I really don't like is this sort of admonishment that I think people are channeling their discomfort by admonishing other adults for what they're doing. And the reality is, is that we are all getting the same information and we are all grown ass people getting the same information mm-hmm. and with the same knowledge being inundated all the time. Yeah. And we all know what we are supposed to be doing, but we're also human beings. And so you can exercise what you feel comfortable with and set those boundaries. So like, you know, for example, I'm still seeing my best friend, Maddie, but I'm aware of who else She's, she's seeing, seeing yeah so that i can know i can make my own decisions but i just really hate this thing where people are online like admonishing other grown yeah. people for what they're doing when it's like we can all make our own choices and also it's funny because i actually i got off the phone with my therapist and then immediately <laughs> fired up the pod and I was talking to my therapist about this and she was like, it's so weird that we're all having safe sex conversations with just people that are around. Yeah. Like, cause I mean, the way I just described that where it's like, I'm talking to my best friend about who she's, who else she's like seeing, like, I'm not fucking my best friend, but that's what it sounds like when you're saying, and those are kind of the conversations that you should be having when you're having sex with someone is like, okay, whose body fluids are you exchanging? And because totally. I don't want them and things like that. Although I did in therapy, I came up with an amazing idea that I think I might do because I am single and not looking. Mm, yes. Mm. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, I'm not uh, prior to this. I was not looking for a relationship. I don't yeah. know if I am now. I mean, obviously it seems like there's a lot of benefits to having a significant other in a situation like this, like a partner, especially yeah. my theory, my theory is that we're going to be in some semblance of this for like over a year. And so that changes things a little bit, but I have gotten back on the apps and I hate them. I have always hated them. I went through a phase where I was cool about them, but for the most part, I'm just like not someone who meets a person via the apps. It's just not my deal. And so I had this idea in therapy of doing sort of like a digital matchmaking situation where it's like, like, I'm not like an expert necessarily matching people up, but like use my social media platform and all of my friends and my network of people to say, okay, who's single and looking, you know, what are your stats? What are you looking for? And I'm going to put, throw you into this pile and then figure out some way to, you know, here are then like each person then gets like a handful of names of like Instagram handles of like, Hey, DM this person. Here's your template that just says, Hey, like, you know, I am in Hannah's matchmaking thing. You were given to me as like a person that, you know, blah, blah, blah. We might be a good fit and like strike up conversation that way. I don't know. Why not? I love, 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 love this idea. And I already have two friends that I 1000% know would be like, yes, please connect. Okay. Amazing. Let's do it. Okay. I think I'll do it just because it is really weird being a single person who wasn't necessarily looking for a relationship, but also is like insanely sexual. And the idea of not having sex for quite some time is, 
I, I don't know. I, like, I really like, I'm going to throw my dog into a pit of coyotes. Like that's how I feel. About no, I'm, I mean, yeah, I feel like, and I also feel like there's the other side to it where if you're, you are in a relationship, you're like trapped together for an indefinite amount of time. And it's like yeah. a great thing, but it's also really easy to like take your frustrations out on your partner. Um, well, it, it is forced monogamy, even for people that maybe weren't totally beforehand, <laughs> but you have a boyfriend. How's it going? I know he's there, so you can't. Yeah. Shit talk him. No. Yeah. I mean, I could still shit talk him, but no, he's in the other room. Um, no, our relationship actually has been great. Um, because I think that we are both freelance and we work from home a lot. And so we've already established a dynamic at home working a lot around the same place together. And so I'm fortunate that he has a little recording studio that's like up behind oh, our yeah. house. That, that is nice. Do. So he'll go there for a good amount of time during the day, but we've been working on music together. Um, we've been, we shot something like a sizzle the other day and he helped me edit it. And so I feel like where uh, I played guitar on one of his songs. So I feel like we're trying to find a way to support and fuel the creative fire with each other in a way that as opposed to like focusing on let's sit around and talk about how much this sucks which you should obviously talk about it but instead of that being the focus the focus is being like let's just support each other creatively and see what happens you know and I played you know yeah so I don't know I think it's I think I'm grateful that I'm with somebody who also is a creator. I think it would be hard if he was somebody who was used to going into an office every day um, for 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And, you know, be, you know, I think maybe had like more of like a logistical job or something. I feel like I'm hating on accountants, but what I'm saying is that I fa- feel like we both have the tools. Is your audio okay? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was making a weird sound. I- Oh, weird. Well, I had the microphone away from my face for a second because I had to do a little sneeze. Oh, that's cute. I love this my like f- weird bed post that you have too. I know. Well, I can't like actually, well, I, once, wow. we're, once we're offline, I'll show you this place and I'll give you the details and explain to you why I can't say where I am. Yeah. Um, I'm being like very shady, but I also don't care. Um, but yeah, I'm in, like, I'm in like a very chic house right now. It looks very Joshua Tree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in but- Yucca Valley. Ugh. Love it. Even better. More I know. Desolate. Um, I have been feeling really like positive, all smiles, everything's good. Um, but last night for whatever reason, I had terrible dreams all night long and they were Same. all, they were all very apocalyptic. And I would say like, because I'm a really strange dreamer, I dreamt exclusively in cartoon until I was 20 and all of my dreams are like really out of this world. And so it's really <laughs> rare. Like whenever I have a dream, it's like the emotional component, I can make the tie. Like I fucking, I'm financially, you know, not in a great place right now per Corona. And so I'm borrowing money from my parents. And I had a dream that I texted my mom for money to ask for money. And she responded and said, I'd rather not. Oh. <laughs> which is so fucking funny. But like, I always have things like that where it's like so clear, like, oh, yes. yes, no, I know. But I don't usually have a lot of dreams where my environment looks really similar. But lately I have been having like Corona slash quarantine slash apocalyptic style dreams that are all very 
it, I'm Yikes. in some, some sort of like similar world where things are really crazy like they are now. And so I had all of these really terrible dreams last night. And then the night prior, I had a really good night's sleep. Like I slept through the night, but I had one long, really vivid dream. And that also usually doesn't happen either. Just like one, I usually have a bunch of different ones, but anyways, so I, this morning was, I feel like I woke up literally on the wrong side of the bed and I've been very cool and very chill, but then I was so happy to talk to my therapist today. And then this is, of course, this recording is the highlight of my year, perhaps. Same. Um, and then after this, I think I'm going to take some mushrooms and chill out for a while. Wow. Maybe I'll do the same. I have oh like, God, I have like way too many. <laughs> I just can't tell if like, that's going to put me in like a, I think I need to go outside and be in nature and not be inside if I'm going to do that. But yeah, but you live on like a nature compound. I know. I know. But going back to like what you were saying with the dreaming, I feel the same where last night I don't normally remember my dreams. Um, but you know, I think Corona is bringing up like a lot of past trauma to the surface that, you know, anyone's repressed. And even last night I had like, you know, cause both my parents died 10 years ago of cancer and I, and it was the weirdest dream. Like my mom was, my dad had died before my mom, which isn't actually what happened mm-hmm. we were like at my house. And I was like trying to grab all my dad's clothes and I was like hugging them. And I was like, I don't, I didn't want to let the clothes go or something. And I was upset that I it just was, it was fucking crazy. And I never normally have, it's, you know, it happened a good, you know, 11 years ago, actually. So it's like, I, I've let, I've worked through a lot of that, but it's interesting to see with what's going on in the quarantine and just really having to sit with yourself. A lot of things are kind of being resurrected that I don't think mm-hmm. I've fully dealt with, you know, like you, you think that you've kind of confronted something and you move on with your life. Um, and it's always kind of with you, but you feel like you work through the emotions. And I feel like the quarantine is kind of bringing back some things that I never actually resolved. And I think that I know I can't be the only one that's probably feeling that. And I think it's probably, um, likely to say that everyone's going through that where, um, things are resurfacing because they're not escapable, right? Like you can only spend so many hours on Instagram or watching Netflix before you're like, okay, well, fuck. Uh, (laughs) And even if it's- Well, I feel it. Yes, I feel it it a lot in my body Um, because I don't have all of these other distractions. My body is like talking to me very loudly and things that normally I think I could let slide, I can't really let slide. Like Mm. I, I had- I made cookies the other night and I had a few cookies and the next day I felt terrible because I'm a, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty healthy eater, um, but not in any sort of extreme manner. Um, but I've also been noticing that like dairy doesn't make me feel great. And so mm-hmm. now ever since the quarantine, it's like if I have one thing that has dairy in it, I feel like garbage. Yeah. It's just like, there's no distractions. And so whatever is happening with my body, it feels very sensitive. Yeah. Um, that makes total sense. It's an extension of being forced to like sit with how you feel physically and emotionally. Um, wait, you're right. Okay. I don't actually want that on a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to bleep it out. Okay, great. Um, actually, if you can do that, that would be hilarious. No, I would be I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bleep it out. Okay. Well, are you, are you comfortable with me saying that you're <laughs>
I mean, I always love like saying that I'm a preteen, but I, if you want, sorry, I'm just charging my computer. Uh, no, you can obviously say I'm in my thirties. That's totally fine. I'm totally comfortable with my age. It's, it's, it's become such a joke that it, it seems real, but I think, um, I'm super, I'm super proud of like how smoking hot I look for, for being in my early, early smoking hot anytime. (laughs) (laughs) I am 28. With, and my, I'll be 29 in August, which means my 30s are, you know, rapidly approaching. Oh, and yeah, baby. Some, sometimes, you know, I'm very, I feel very 28 and I'm very aware of my, you know, of, of my age and my, I think that the older you get, the less you feel like you have any idea what's going on. <laughs> and yet you feel more, <laughs> more like confident. You don't give a fuck? I, yeah. I don't know. I just like, I'm aware that I'm just like, a, I'm still quite the baby. And, um, is my audio doing that weird glitchy thing for you? Yeah, you're like kind of cutting your even the visuals. It's the ghost of Yucca Valley. Oh my god, I wish there was a ghost in this room. Okay. Have you ever seen a ghost? I have. Wow, I would love that story if it hasn't made it on the podcast yet. It actually hasn't made it on the podcast yet. I will tell that. Hold on, I'm going to relocate. Be my lover, wanna be my lover. Um, yeah. Do you want my ghost story? Might as well. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make it on the pod. Yeah. So this will make it on. It's a good, it's a good story. Um, when I was in college, I moved to LA halfway through school. So I was living in Ohio and I was like, this shit is weak. I'm going to move to LA. And so I transferred schools to Loyola Marymount and did my last two years there. And so I moved here and I didn't know anyone and I lived by myself in this like shit apartment. And then I rejoined my sorority and I met all these really cool girls and one of their roommates was moving out in the middle of the year. And so I was going to move in and I was just, this is in LA. This is in LA. Yeah. Um, and so I was like hanging out at their house a lot, even though she hadn't moved out. And so she'd like moved a bunch of her stuff out, but not totally like her. She just had like a an, her mattress and like a couple boxes still in there. And I was hanging out on a Sunday night and they were like, oh, just just like stay. Like, don't go back to your place. Just stay. Just stay. And I was like, oh, I feel kind of weird like sleeping on her mattress. But I ended up staying and I woke up in the morning to these like insane sounds and no one was home except for my future roommate Chelsea and she was on the phone um her best friend had died in a freak accident and it was really crazy she got hit by a car crossing a highway um god not a highway but like a busy street Mm -hmm, it was just mm -hmm. like she she miscalculated um and it was like right after her 22nd birthday and it was just like a weird set of circumstances where chelsea never slept with her phone on silent but she had just come back from vegas and just really wanted a good night's sleep and so people were calling her all night all night and she woke up to like hundreds of missed calls and no one else was home and so it felt very like cosmic that i was there because other if i wasn't otherwise she would have gotten this news by herself and she is from Orange County. So I just was like, okay, let's get in the car. And I drove her down to Orange County. And like, I like, didn't even know this girl at the time. Um, 
and I took her to her house and like kind of just spent the day in Orange County with her and all of her friends while they were like wrapping their head around this. And so then um, a few months later after I moved in, I was sitting in the living room and there was this like weird sort of wind, like this like breeze going through the living room, but I kind of brushed it off. And I went to go to my room, which I had to walk by Chelsea's room to get to my room. And Chelsea was sitting on her bed, like fucking around on her phone or reading a book or something. And I walked by and I just saw her friend Holly standing in the corner looking at her. And so I doubled back and she was gone. And I was, but I just was totally sure about what I saw. There was, there was like no doubt in my mind and it wasn't scary. It wasn't weird. It was just like, it just, I don't know. It just happened. And so I didn't tell her about it for uh, maybe for like six months. And um, eventually when I did, she asked me to describe her and I said she had her hair straightened down, was wearing an olive green tank top. And I guess that's what she wore. That's what she was wearing when she died. Oh my God. I know. That is insane. Yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? When my dad died, actually, um, I experienced, I saw some stuff that was interesting, which I guess is common when somebody passes away the day of their burial, I looked this up after, they go and they kind of do their normal routine because they're like, they haven't crossed over yet. And so oh, it's pretty insane. It's like a, like, I guess in some cultures, they'll leave the stuff out so that the ghost can go about doing their routine for like when it, for the first couple of days. But um, when my dad passed away the day that we, had his funeral that night. My boyfriend and I at the time um, were staying in my parents' house that they had lived in for like 40 years. And um, it was just us. And the, uh, it was crazy. Like the TV kept going on, off, on, off. And then the lights in the kitchen kept going on and off, on and off. And then, which had never happened. And then like the toast, my dad always toasted bread in the morning. Then all of a sudden the toaster was on and it had been cranked and it was counting down Oh my God. And we were like, we were like, what the fuck? And then the dog that we had had for 15 years, who was like, my dad was like the alpha was following something and watching it around the house. And it was like following the movement and then was staring at things and then was looking in the mirror in my bedroom, staring at something like the dog was following him around the house. And we, and, and what's interesting is like, you know, I'd always been kind of on the fence about that. But after that night, I was like, oh, 1000%. Like there is something that happens when you're crossing over. And my, um, it's interesting because my dog never acted like that again. After that night, nothing like the lights and everything stopped. It was just that one night. That's so bizarre. It was so insane. I was so grateful that there was someone else there. So I was like, I'm not crazy, right? You're seeing this. Yeah. And we were both like, it was like, it wasn't scary. It was just more kind of, it was actually kind of comforting in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that story with your, your roommate's friend. Is, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, um, I don't know, but I mean, hopefully I, I don't, I'm not really scared of ghosts. Like I'm open to, uh, now I'm going to start seeing insane amounts of ghosts <laughs> just because I said that. <laughs> You've emotionally opened yourself up to a the, ghost yes. encounter. I you, mean, honestly, you and Sam should open yourself up to a ghost sexual encounter. I have had friends that have claimed that they've had sex with ghosts. I we're not really close anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
something that people have claimed that um, could be true. <laughs> oh God, we veered so far off path. And so now I didn't even I get, know. get to know. Now I didn't even get to the whole point of me um, asking you about being in your 30s too, because it was that uh, what you were saying reminded me of something that someone told me one time, which is that in your 30s, you have to pay off all the emotional debt that you put on credit in your 20s. Mm, and I've always, yeah, I've kind of been like thinking about that phrase a lot now because everyone mm -hmm. is forced to be so still that it feels like, okay, everyone is sort of being forced to pay off the emotional credit card debt. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I do think in your twenties, you're still, you're still kind of figuring it out in the sense of, um, you don't really know how to be emotionally available for people in a sense. Like, yeah. you, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like I have a lot of guilt from my early twenties when my parents were sick because I don't, I didn't know how to really manage that, but it's interesting now to be in my thirties I know that I would manage it differently, if that makes sense. Like, I know that if I got a call, like, hey, you know, dad has a couple months to live, I would 1000% handle it completely yeah. differently. Yeah. But when you're in your early 20s, you're kind of, you know, you're still like, I don't, you haven't experienced pain or something, or I don't, or the reality of life, and you're still kind of self absorbed. And I think as you get older, you realize, um, you, you you do like you can reflect more on that and uh show up for people differently you yeah know? yeah um um okay what are what do you have any like recommendations for people during quarantine on how to like stay sane um i would say i've been talking a lot about this with sam um i would say formulating some routine so uh you know saying like okay by like i want to wake up by eight i want to um go for a walk with maybe meet up with a friend in the neighborhood have a safe distance walk or maybe don't just go on your own or go with your partner um you know get some form of exercise come back um, i'm gonna do an hour of meditation and then from 11 to 5 i'm gonna work on who fucking knows? You could like get into like balloon animals. I don't know. Like just kind of creating, if you're not working, like, and you don't, you're not still having to be on Zoom meetings and stuff, creating stuff for yourself. I always love recording myself dancing, obviously, if you look at my yeah. Instagram. Um, and I think it's like a, a really fun way to trick yourself into working up in a really intense sweat. Yeah. Is if you record so just literally, even if you don't post it, you don't show anybody, you never tell anyone, it never sees the day, the light of day, record yourself dancing to a couple songs super intensely. And it just, it feels good. It feels like a release. Like, I think that, that that's still important. Obviously you and I know each other from the dance squad. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that we both realize the importance of moving your body yeah. regardless of what it's for. Um, oh and I, I think I music miss dance classes so much. I know. I really I know. Do. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about what we took for granted only oh a my month God. ago. I know. Ugh, um, I also, you know, I, something I just talked a lot with my therapist about was that, um, I am like definitely really seeing the like financial impact of this 
And yet I'm also like very privileged. I mean, I don't have, Mm -hmm. I don't have like a trust fund. I don't have like my parents are helping me out right now, but there's a time limit on that that is a lot shorter Mm -hmm. than the time that this will last. And so Mm -hmm. I'm certainly, I'm not in a good position by any means, but I still, still do feel very privileged. I'm not immunocompromised. I have the option Mm -hmm. to help. And so I'm trying to do everything I can to help our most vulnerable populations because more so than being like an extrovert that's sad about being home alone or trying to find a job or things like that. Like what really eats at me is just the inequality of what's happening in like the government and how we're handling this. And oh my God, absolutely. Human lives feel expendable and things like that. And it really can, Oh yeah, it can work me up into a, a place more so than anything else in my life about how I feel really disgusted by like what's happening totally. around me. And so and I'm, I'm doing my best to try to find ways to give back. That's still like manageable yeah. for me. I mean, I think that that's great. I think, um, I think it's important to realize your privilege and, and say, and, and I think, um, not coming from a lack mindset where like, oh, I got to hold on to whatever I can. And instead of saying like, actually, like I do have a lot to give, maybe it's not as much as, you know, but like, I still have something, even if it's just my time and finding ways to uh, do that. I'm, I think, you know, I know there's like a lot of programs now where you can buy a mask and then they donate one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, there's also like, I saw tutorials, um, which maybe you can put a link in the, in the description about how to make your own masks yes. and how to donate them. Um, and you can get, you know, you can probably order fabric online and make that happen. Um, which is something I literally, it's funny that you bring this up, was looking at, I was like, oh, how could I make masks? Like, and, mm-hmm. and, and donate them. Yeah. Um, and I also think, I think it's really easy, like what you're saying to like get riled up in a sense of like it, how bad things are and how, how much inequality, like we can't really hide the fact that, you know, there's huge disparity in wealth and that, you know, Medicare for all doesn't exist. And all these things are really coming to the surface. And you know that I'm like, I've been a huge Bernie supporter. Yeah. Um, And I think people are realizing like, oh, wait, like this is actually like a form of socialism, like giving everybody money. Mm -hmm. It can exist. Like the government actually, they always said they couldn't do it, but now we're seeing them actually do it. And then also seeing that a good amount of the money is going to companies that like, fuck you. Right. So like airlines and stuff. But I think that the biggest thing is to, to, I feel like it's easy to get really, really frustrated and upset by reading a lot of news. And one of the biggest things that I've realized is taking a day, even if it's just one day and not reading the news. And maybe that sounds ignorant, but I think it's actually really, really good for you to reset and say like, okay, I'm going to not really, I'm not going to read the news. I'm going to take a break from Instagram. I'm going to just kind of unplug for a second and recharge so that tomorrow when I'm ready to actually dive into what's happening. It doesn't feel like it's just piling on top of, you know, like, so I think it's, I think that that's one thing I've learned. I I did that the other, I took like a day off of Instagram and off of the news and I felt so much better. Yeah. Um, Well, what do you think? Because I think you are like a, you've done a ton of campaigning very publicly for Bernie. You've created art for him. You've raised funds for him. I had sex with him. Correct. Um, 
you are like probably the person in my life that uh, really gunned for him the hardest. And I think that the only real beautiful thing that could possibly come out of this is that we see him as president. However, in my mind, it feels like where we were, where we had left off prior to all of this happening and then this sort of distracting us in that way, it really feels like we're just locking in another Trump presidency for the next four years. But I don't know. I mean, what do you think about like what's going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I will say that like when all this Corona stuff was happening in the initially in the U.S. and then it was looking like Biden was really kind of it was looking like he was going to get the nom. I was I, I was I just was beside myself and super upset. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of because uh, you always want to say like, oh, I could have done more. Like I should have done more to help. Um, and you want to blame yourself. But I think my personal opinion is I've, for my own mental health, have just kind of said like, this is going to kind of play out however it's going to play out. And I can only support to a degree of what like I'm actually capable of doing. But I, th- I don't know if Trump I have no idea. I mean, I think that it's really easy to see how much he fucked up Mm -hmm. (laughs) with everything. And if you look at, you know, there's some really great content, like the daily show did something about like just videos of Trump being like, yeah, I mean, we'll probably have only one case by like the end of the week, you know, and that's in like at the end of February. And then all of a sudden now he's talking about, Oh, we're going to have a really two scary two weeks in the U S. So I think it's really easy to see, but I also think that, it's one of those things where, you know, people, people, listen, I don't care. I believe in anyone voting for whoever they want to vote for. But I also feel like when things suck, people want to blame usually a group of people, you know, for why things suck. You know, that's why historically things have always, you know, why, you know, the Holocaust, I mean, now I'm taking it racism. No. Yeah. I mean, but you know, yeah. And, and so times are getting hard and it will be interesting to see if some people rally and want to blame other people. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think this is a glimpse into why Bernie's policies, if they were in place now would put us in a better position. And I, and I hope that people can see that, but I also think there's just so much news now and it's all set. Hey, who knows? I, know. I so mean, to- in my mind, I'm like, I hope it's not too little too late. It feels like it is, but also we have, this is the first time in our lifetimes that we just like profoundly don't know what the future looks like. Yeah. Did so. you just put headphones in? Cause you're the guy in the Airbnb is like, who the fuck is this girl just ranting about? <laughs> I've had my headphones in the whole time. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. Oh God! Can you cut that out of the podcast? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm gonna do a lot of creative editing. What I if, know. Make me sound super smart, okay? What if you listen to this <laughs> and I've like edited together all these words that make you sound like you're voting for Trump? Oh my God! I would. Do you want a, a soundbite of me saying it? I'm no, I want the challenge. <laughs> no, I mean I look forward to this this bizarre Frankenstein edit of this conversation with you. In it's a, gonna be great. You're my I first. Can't, you're my first Zoom recording, so it's probably going to sound like trash, but I don't even care. Okay, great. And I'll sound super smart, right? Yeah, of course. I just want to make sure for the record, um, your podcast listeners know that I am um, 13. Uh-huh. I'm super successful. I'm super uh-huh. hot, super humble. And um, I guess that's really it. Okay, great. Well, I hope that, I hope that that's the, the intro for me. 
Yeah, it will be. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on What the Faust. <laughs> uh, at Kate Jean Hollowell uh, on Instagram. Um, my photography and directing work is on katehollowell.com. Um, I have a lot of strange, weird quarantine projects in the in the mix that will be coming out soon. I'm really excited about um, music, short film, etc. I'm excited to share those with with the world. Um, hopefully, to uh, bring some joy in some weird times. Um, do you want to put Sled Island in there too? Oh yeah, at Sled Island Band, um, Penelope Gaze and I's uh, music project obviously the dance squad that we're on together. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can see me and Hannah briefly in the Horace girl film on Netflix now <laughs> streaming live. <laughs> oh, and also t- t- TBD on our, uh, we got to do something with our, with the Mount Washington architecture stuff. Oh, I know we're, we're, we both live in Mount Washington. We love going on long walks and looking at houses. And so we yeah. might, I, I'm like an architectural tour of Mount Washington. Oh. I don't know. It'll be a good collab. A good it will. Yeah. It will encourage us to go on long walks, which will be important, I think, in the coming months, honestly. Yeah. Well, I love you so much. Thank I you love for doing you so this. Oh, wait, do it for Ooh. real. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just flashing oh, yeah. my boobs. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I love you. Be safe. Okay. I will. Um, I will tell Brad that you say hi. Give him a kiss. I can't wait to see his new haircut. Oscar winner, Brad Pitt. Okay. Um, I love you. I love you. Thank okay. you so much for having me. Okay. Send me this recording. <laughs> okay. I will. Okay. Love Namaste. you. Namaste. Namaste. Love you. Bye. Bye.